Welcome, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight. I am so excited to be with my friend Samantha from Femme Catholic. We are going to talk all about being pro-life, what that means, and how we can best practice a consistent life ethic and support those around us to also practice a consistent life ethic, what that just what that looks like and how lived experiences can form your opinions of the pro-life movement, hopefully for the better. So thank you so much for being with us, Samantha. I'm so excited to talk to you. You are just such a joy. And I know we had you on a previous episode and you're just so real life. I'm excited to have you here talk about such an exciting topic that is very, um, a lot of people just are very conflicted on. It seems like the more we progress in time, and now it's 2022, there are just more questions of what being pro-life is and how we can best live it out. And I know that you've had a lot of experiences in your own life, and I would just love to talk to you about it. And I have tons of questions for you. But first, I would love for people that are listening to get to know who you are. So can you share a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was raised Catholic, raised pro-life, did a lot of pro-life stuff kind of from a pretty young age. So my mom would take us to different pro-life things, pro-life rallies or the pro-life march. You know, I went all four years of high school. I went all four years of college. And in college, I studied theology and business and then went to work in the business world for almost a decade. And now I am full-time running Femme Catholic, which is my ministry organization dedicated to empowering women in the truth of our faith. Amazing. Good work. Great work. You are such a busy woman. So thank you for squeezing us in. I'm so happy to talk to you. I have a big question for you. It's pretty loaded. So being pro-life, especially, let me backtrack, working with women in the capacity that you do you probably have your fair share of conversations surrounding how we can best support women, right? And how we can create a culture that is not only uplifting to women, but incorporating of women in our society in a way that's not just additional for the sake of being so. And I love that about what Femme Catholic does and just about who you are. And I would love to know how being pro-life has evolved throughout your life to the conclusion or hopefully, I mean, even evolving opinion of what that looks like now as an adult, you're a mother, you're a wife, and I'm, you know, you have babies. And I mean, all of those things probably influence your opinion and just how you look at someone that's faced with the choice of, you know, having a baby or not, or, you know, whatever, and what that support looks like. I know for some of my friends that have children They've shared with me having a baby is such a profound experience, but also so hard (laughs) and so frustrating at times. And, you know, that lack of support can be really challenging, et cetera. So before I go on and on, I would just love to know what your pro-life experience was, what it is now, how has it been informed by your life? Yeah, that's such a good question because, um, my pro-life, I think, like I said, I've, I was raised pro-life and I've always been pro-life, but I think the way I understand that and it, it's just really developed over my life. So, you know, I grew up as a kid going to some of these sort of older traditional 
pro-life events. So, you know, pro-life life chain where you're holding signs for people, being, you know, hmm. abortion kills a human life, like promoting, um, sending these messages out there to the world. And then in college, these protests, these putting voices out there. And then I'd always had a real heart for women. And I think as I got older, probably the first, the first big thing for me was taking a class in college on the history of sexuality in America and learning from this professor who was herself pro-choice about all the reasons that women would seek out abortion throughout history in America. And just really looking at like asking hard questions about what this meant for women. So I think it really started there where I was beginning to understand, you know, if I really care about being pro-life, like the root of that is this dignity of all people and the recognition of the dignity of all people. And the fact that, you know, we're saying all life is valuable and that includes women. And so then in, uh, you know, I graduated college, started working, um, got married, had my first baby. And I just had my third six months ago. Um, and I remember even talking to some of my pro-life friends who had gotten pregnant or were also pregnant and being like, wow, actually getting pregnant. It's just a whole experience. Like it's just mm. a whole, it's a whole experience that I think sometimes at least in the circles and the pieces of the movement that I had been in for so long, the way pregnancy was talked about was a little bit reductive in the sense that it was like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a human life, choose life, end of story. You know, there, there wasn't mm. the nuanced or larger conversation around why that might be complicated or why that might be challenging or why women might feel pressure from so many different directions, or even just the fact that you know, I think it's easy to romanticize motherhood when the reality is for a lot of women, you get pregnant and you don't, you don't know the baby yet. You do, you haven't met them. Yes. Mm -hmm. The baby's inside of you. And some women definitely have those attached feelings, but a lot of women just feel really sick. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so you kind of feel like you have the flu, you know, and it's like, Oh, this beautiful life inside of me. Um, you know, and of course now with my kids, I can look back and say, oh my gosh, you know, that was Liam. But I think having a baby and being pregnant is the only experience in life, right? Where like they start out as sort of an idea before they're ever created. And then you create a person mm. and they grow, but you don't meet them until they're born. So it's, it's this like very wild experience and I think just empathizing more with women where what they're actually facing and the reality of how that fundamentally changes your life forever. I think on the flip side, you know, I'm absolutely still pro-life. I think pro-life is what's best for women because the lie in sort of the pro-choice narrative is that I think abortion has been offered to women as this way of like erasing the problem. Mm. Or this kind of like trap door that you can kind of get out of this tough situation. And I think 
from all the reading and research and conversations that I have done over the years, really looking at like what is best for women, I think it's only fair to say that once you're pregnant, your life is forever changed at that moment. And women sort of bear the burden, bear the authority to care for that life and make decisions about that life from the moment of conception. And it is a great privilege. It is a great gift. It's a great responsibility and it's a great vulnerability, but from the moment of conception, a woman's life has changed. And the thing is we intuitively know that because women who have miscarriages grieve. And, and I think that's, what's so interesting to me. Like, you see that in secular culture where there's a lot of support for and, and recognition that like miscarriage is this really hard experience. And I've ha- also had a very early miscarriage. So I've had that experience. And if you're going to make room to acknowledge people's understandable grief in that situation, I think it's also good to acknowledge, you know, there is a life lost in abortion too. Wow. That's such an interesting point. And yeah, and I I haven't even thought about it from that perspective. I, and I do agree that there's this interesting separation that happens, kind of like a cognitive dissonance that people do when they think of a life in this stage, but then not in this stage, in this present moment, but then in this kind of moment. And it's really hard for people to feel like there's an attachment. And I didn't even think about how when you're pregnant, I mean, some women just don't have that kind of maternal depth of connection that, you know, other women will say, wow, it was so beautiful. Like every day was a blessing every day. And I love talking with some of my friends that have had the coolest babies ever. And they'll just say like, yes, every day I vomited every day and every day through the vomit and the and the like headaches and feeling like full body chills and, you know, the smell of my husband in my apartment made me want to die. Like every day brought me closer to being in like compassionate union with women that are struggling with the idea of like carrying a child, right? And and having a baby and like wondering about the support because it's not as beautiful and romantic as a lot of us painted to be. And I think it's really important what you said earlier about how we'll kind of have kitschy phrases and quick little snap things that we'll say that don't really expand on the idea that there's this like depth of experience that women are having and this responsibility that some women feel very nervous about. And if we're not addressing that and we're not addressing those lived experiences, pain, trauma, whatever, it is, then we're really not serving women well. And that's such a powerful point. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app for prayer, meditation, music, and more. Hallow features litanies, novenas, and other challenges to get you praying more often and connect with your community. It also features Bible stories and guest sessions from well-known Catholic speakers like Father Mike Schmitz, Bishop Barron, Jonathan Rumi from Chosen, Dr. Scott Hahn, and Father Mark Mary. Hallow is an amazing resource for any Catholic looking to dive deeper into their prayer life, 
find more peace, and ultimately grow closer to God. Make sure to check out Hollow at hollow.com slash Ave Spotlight. Hollow.com slash Ave Spotlight. I would love to hear from you. What do you think we can do to support, you know, women and people that are experiencing just kind of discouragement, whether it comes from, you know, not having a baby or, you know, not having community or just maybe being even a mom who has support and community, but just like isn't really feeling it. Because I do know that with all of us practicing a consistent life ethic, which as Christians were called to do, it calls us to be, you know, interested and present in every stage of every life of every person, regardless of whatever situation. And so I am interested in what your perspective is of how we can best serve women that are experiencing, whether it's child rearing in the present moment or being pregnant or, you know, having a teenager that's really sassy or whatever, like what would you kind of recommend for people that are childless or haven't kind of lived that experience? How can we best support rather than kind of going out into the streets and yelling? <laughs> so, which is also great in some, in yeah. some times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think it's a good question of like, how do we actually, you know, move beyond, not that the the slogans are, are not true, but one of my favorite quotes from St. Edith Stein is do not accept truth without love or love without truth. Mm. And at her canonization, JP2 added on that one without the other, love or truth, is just a destructive lie. And I think that that really encompasses my beliefs about the pro-life movement, which is that if you just are throwing out truth, what you're calling truth, you may be correct. You may be spreading factual truth. But if you don't have love and true love and don't, some people will say, well, it's loving to tell them the truth. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Yes. But love in the sense of, you know, compassion and walking with people and seeing them and that, that heart side, it is just a destructive lie. And on the flip side, if we're trying to be loving and support women and say, oh, don't worry. It's, you know, your body, your choice. It doesn't matter whatever you do. Well, that's not totally true, you know? And it's not loving to lie to women in that way. So I think holding both of those in tandem, depending on whichever side of the coin you kind of naturally fall, but just really looking at people as whole people and listening to them and looking at the reasons, like I think Guttmacher Institute has, you know, the reasons that women have abortions and they are financial, they are pressured into situations. I think the thing about becoming a parent is that you are sort of, forced in a particular way to root out your selfishness Mm. and your all the times, you know, even like we were supposed to record this podcast last night, really wanted to do that with you. My kids did not go to bed. And like, (laughs) I just, I'm like helpless and vulnerable in that situation. And you were super understanding and, you know, flexible about, okay, let's reschedule. But just the more that we can be accommodating of each other and, and realizing that, being vulnerable to other people and sharing our lives with other people, it's demanding. That's how we build community with each other. And when you know people, I think that's another, that's the last point I would want to make is that uh, the difference between empathy and sympathy. So Brene Brown, yeah, Brene Brown talks about 
empathy versus sympathy. And when you're vulnerable and even have shame potentially about, you know, having, being pregnant in a, in a situation you don't want to be in or um, having had an abortion, when you open up in that vulnerability and you're met with sympathy, that's so destructive. What you need to heal that shame and that vulnerability is, is empathy and to say, wow, yeah, that's such a tough situation. And to really be met in the depth of where you're at versus I think what can happen sometimes in pro-life circles, at least that I've been in, is um, this kind of sympathy where they talk about abortion as like something that happens to other people mm. versus really empathizing with like, what would I honestly do if I was pregnant in that situation? You know, how much can you relate? And I think when you're able to get to the point of actually empathizing, I was able to empathize better after becoming pregnant myself, or even just thinking about like, what would I honestly do right now? This is so kind of overwhelming. And I'm in a great marriage relationship, like as stable as can be. Mm-hmm. And this is still really overwhelming and scary. And so like, how can I better empathize with people who are in that situation and what do they actually need and supporting them and hearing all of the different concerns that they have, because anybody that has a baby knows, or just look around anybody who has a child, having the baby is day one of a lifetime forever changed. And so just looking at all of those different needs that women and families have. Wow. Oh my gosh. Thank you for sharing. I knew I was like, I knew once I asked Samantha, if she says yes, she's going to come with some real truth. So thank you for sharing. What? How wonderful are you? So really gassing you up, but you're really great. So thank you so much for well, sharing. Well, so are you. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like so grateful to hear your perspective. I wish this was like three hours and you, you could do like a whole webinar or something. <laughs> but um, I could just like sit and ask you about your life. But um, we are so grateful to have you. I would love for people to know where we can find more information about what you are up to and we can support your endeavors. I know that you have a lot of things going on and I'd love for people listening to just be able to uplift you and support you more. Thank you so much. So my work is can all be found at femcatholic.com. We have a bunch of great Catholic women, honestly, that's highlight, they're all highlighted, their voices, their expertise. We have a ton of different posts on the topic of abortion and being pro-life and authentically whole life and really uplifting women in all the many facets of their lives. So that's at femcatholic.com. Awesome. Awesome. And at the end of every one of our episodes, we ask each guest about something that gives them hope. If you need a second to think about it, I can go first. Or if you're ready, you can go first. How are you feeling? Um, I think something that gives me hope is just, I really do think younger people and younger generations are approaching the pro-life issue with such a whole life ethic. Mm. I really see the tide kind of turning in that direction. And I think it's it's really consistent with our faith. And, and that's just so encouraging to me that younger people seem to really understand that intuitively. Mm. Agreed. That is mine as well. How did you know that? So yes, <laughs> great I minds love, think alike. Great minds. Yes. I was like, I love that everyone is just getting it together and we are seeing it. And like really the movement of the church, I think, is moving in a direction that's so optimistic. I think in times where it can seem really dreary and all we hear about is mass like resignation of people that aren't practicing Catholic anymore. 
it's hopeful to know that there are massive groups of people that are trying to, you know, reframe and reignite a lot of the things that we've learned growing up that maybe weren't necessarily practiced in the best way. So I'm excited for that as well. And it definitely gives me a lot of hope. So we will make sure to put femcatholic.com in our show notes so people can check that out. And we are just, again, so grateful to you for giving us your time, especially this evening. I hope that you get some rest for those listening. It's like 10 p.m. Samantha is a boss. So thank you so much for giving us your time. And I'm looking forward to talking to you again. Yeah, thank you, Chanel. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you so much to Samantha for being our guest today. Make sure to check out everything that Femme Catholic is doing at femcatholic.com. I'm looking so forward to next week as we kick off Black History Month with some really cool episodes. It's going to be really great, and I can't wait for you all to hear them. In the meantime, please pray for me. I'll be praying for you. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.